Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, so glad to be back with you today on our Victory Church Weekly Podcasts. Uh, Pastor Mitch here. Uh, hey, would love to hear from you. Feel free to to uh, email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. Would love to hear from you and hope you're being ministered to by the podcast. I'm going to be spending some time here for the next uh, next number of weeks talking about divine healing because there will never be a time in your life that you don't need faith in God for healing, either for yourself or for someone else. God gave us these physical bodies, and we are the, the temple of God. We are, we are a holy of holies. That is, we contain the presence of Jesus. And because we are a holy of holies, God wants our vessel, our temple that, where the Holy Spirit inhabits to be clean. He wants it to be free, and he wants it to be healthy. So we're talking about divine healing in a... In a in a, in detailed way, and I have been for some weeks now. Well, we still got a ways to go, um, but today I, I want to hone in and talk to you about healing in the atonement of Christ again. My goal is to build your faith in God's healing power and show you from Scripture that healing is also shown in the redemptive work of Jesus that has its basis and foundation in the Old Testament with the Day of Atonement. And so again, we're we're uh, uh, believing God to build your faith up as you hear this. Last uh, last podcast, um, we looked at what many call the great redemptive chapter, Isaiah chapter fifty three, and I'm just going to jump in right here and read the first few verses here. Isaiah 53, all about the Lord Jesus, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed for? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. And that's speaking of Jesus' supernatural birth. A root has to have moisture to germinate. Jesus was a root out of dry ground, speaking of his supernatural birth. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Then verses 3, 4, and 5 are really significant. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne We'll come back to that word, our griefs or sicknesses, and carried our sorrows or our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And the same time that the Lord laid all of our sins on Jesus, we're going to see in the text today, he also laid our sicknesses in his own body. 
on the tree. So uh, verse 10 of that same chapter, in fact, verse 9 says, And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. And Jesus was buried in a rich man's tomb because he has done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Young's literal translation, Yet it pleased the Lord to make him sick. Um, Isaac Leeser's translation says, yet it pleased the Lord to crush him through disease. I want you to see when Jesus bore our sins, he also bore our sicknesses. Um, and verse 11 says this, he shall, God shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many for he shall bear their Iniquities, and that word bear or born is a verb from the Hebrew, which means to lift up, to bear away, to convey, or remove to a distance. And that same bear in verse 11 and 12 is talking about the bearing of sin. But in verses, verse 4, surely he has borne our sicknesses. So the same verb that talks about Jesus bearing our sins. In verse 4, it speaks of Jesus bearing our sicknesses. So I just want to see, want you to make the parallel in Scripture. We're getting ready to go to Leviticus 16 because these words are used and so, uh, again, verse 4 of Isaiah 53, surely he's born, lifted up, born away, conveyed or removed to a distance, our sicknesses, okay? And then uh, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried. The Hebrew word for carried means to assume a heavy burden, a complete removal of the thing that is born. And again, this is a Levitical word from the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter 16, used of the scapegoat that bore away the sins of the people. Let me read this one more time before we go to Leviticus 16. Surely he has borne, that is, he lifted up, he bore away, conveyed, or removed to a distance our sicknesses, it says here in verse 4, Isaiah 53, and carried our pains. And again, the word carried uh, to means to assume a heavy burden a complete removal of the thing that is born. And this, these two words are used of the scapegoat in Leviticus 16, where the scapegoat bore the sins of the children of Israel and removed them uh, to a distance. So we go back to the Day of Atonement. Once a year in Israel, there was a Day of Atonement. That is, uh, uh, two goats um, were, were uh, chosen from the flock, Washed down, they had to be without, without spot and without blemish because those goats were a type and shadow of, of Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But once a year, the, the sins of the Israelites was covered by animal blood, and that animal blood came from a goat. Uh, and um, it, it's just really interesting. So let's just jump right in, Leviticus 16, speaking of the Day of Atonement. When a high priest gets two goats, one is slain, one is left alive. And so let's just look at this and, and, and see what it has to say about the Day of Atonement. Uh, Leviticus 16, 5, speaking of the high priest of Israel on the Day of, of uh, Atonement. And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kids 
of the goats as a sin offering and one as a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. So even the high priest himself, he had to take an animal and uh, do sacrifices to cover his own sins first. And then he took the other goats, verse 7 says, and he shall take two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for two goats, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. you got it? Uh, one lot for the Lord, the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and to let it go as a scapegoat into the wilderness. I want you to realize that two goats were sacrificed on the Day of Atonement. One goat was slain and his blood was placed uh, on the um, covering of the Ark of the Covenant called the Mercy Seat. There were two uh, golden angels that kind of looked down on the, the cover the lid, uh, as it were, of the Ark of the Covenant. It's called the mercy seat. That blood was actually applied there. And it's really an amazing phenomenon that for the 40 years they wandered in the wilderness and they took uh, the tabernacle of meeting with them and, and the partitioned off at the back was the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was. And just don't forget all this. It's so symbolic and significant. And it so ministers to us today. But as they carried the tabernacle, which was the tent of meeting, the place where uh, the, the Israelites um, uh, offered sacrifices to the Lord and worshiped. Uh, the very back of that, the Holy of Holies, there's the Ark of the Covenant there. And, 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 and all day, every day, you had one of two things during the day and at night. You either had a, you either had a cloud by day that hovered over the very back of the tabernacle where the Holy of Holies was, where the Ark of the Covenant was. And that was the, the presence of God that the Israelites could see. Isn't that amazing? As they wandered, as they went from Egypt into the Promised Land, and they wandered in unbelief for 40 years, basically ran and ran in a circle. But God took care of them. God fed them. God forgave their sins on the Day of Atonement. Their sins were cleansed. And then at night, there was a, a fire from the Lord that hovered over, listen, the, the Holy of Holies, the very back of the tabernacle, uh, that partitioned off place. And that presence hovered over the Ark of the Covenant. And as the Israelites woke up at night, peeped out their tent, they could see that fire from the Lord uh, over the uh, tabernacle and over the Ark of the Covenant. So I want you to get the significance that, that uh, the high priests says here, Aaron, uh, which he and the high priests would, would take two animals, one they would kill, and that blood of the slain goat was taken by the high priest into the Holy of Holies and placed on the mercy seat, the lid of the, um, of the Ark of the Covenant, and literally placed on the lid. And when the presence of God came down by the cloud or by the fire, day and night, uh, uh, when God looked down on the covenant that he made with Israel, the Ark of the Covenant, he, he looked at that through the blood 
of a slain lamb. That is so significant, y'all. And in the Ark of the Covenant, there was the ten, the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments. There was Aaron's rod that budded. There was a, there was a vial full of, of manna. And uh, such a significant, significant thing there in the uh, Holy of Holies with the Ark of the Covenant. And that's where the presence of God was. And when God looked down and saw that covenant, and saw the animal blood that covered typically the sins of Israel for a year. Um, uh, it allowed the Israelites to have fellowship, sinful people with the holy God. And see, that's so significant. Jesus now is the lamb of sacrifice. And, and we have a, an entrance into the, into the presence of God uh, through the veil of Jesus' flesh. Through his blood, Jesus is the lamb of sacrifice. And now we have... Uh, we have an invitation, Hebrews 4.16, to come boldly unto the throne of grace that we can obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. So here on the Day of Atonement, Leviticus 16, uh, one of those goats was slain and that blood was carried again into the Holy of Holies to be placed on the mercy seat or the lid, the Ark of the Covenant. The other goat was taken by the high priest. This is really interesting. See, see here's what people don't realize. Our, the, the, the um, sacrifice that atoned and, and, and cleansed, not just atone, atone means cover. Jesus' sacrifice not, did not just atone for our sins. And yes, we do call it the atonement of Christ. But see, it goes deeper than atonement. Atonement is a covering. Jesus didn't just cover our sins, friends. Jesus cleansed our sins. Now that is amazing. So the high priest, once he killed the, the lamb of sacrifice and offered the blood there in the Holy of Holies. Then he took the other goat and he took it out right to the edge of the wilderness. And I want you to see what he did. It's very significant. Look at this, Leviticus 16, 21. It's talking of the high priest. He takes that goat that was not killed. Um, and it says, he will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it all of the wickedness, rebellion, and sins of the people of Israel. In this way, he will transfer the people's sins to the head of the goat. Then a man specially chosen for the task will drive the goat into the wilderness. As the goat goes into the wilderness, it will carry all the people's uh, sins upon itself into a desolate land. I want you to get the significance. So typically, the, again, the high priest would lay his hands on the, the head of a goat. You can see that in your mind's eye. And here's the high priest, however he said it, I now confer all of the sins of the children of Israel upon the, upon the goat that will be let go in the wilderness. And typically it was showing that the sins of the people for one year were removed from them. They were lifted up. They were born away. They were removed to a distance. They were born by the, um, uh, by the scapegoat, as we call this goat that was alive. And then, and then they were carried. And that word carried, again, from Isaiah 53, 4, means, means to, uh, to lift up, to remove a heavy burden, a complete removal of what is born. So when the, when the, when the high priest laid his hands on the goat's head, it was a complete, typically a complete removal of all of Israel's sins for the ensuing year. And those sins were transferred to the goat. Jesus Christ, when he said, and see that, let me back up and say that goat is a type and shadow of Jesus, the Lamb of God, who, who 
who John the Baptist prophesied as he saw his first cousin Jesus being baptized. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then Jesus, when he cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then 2 Corinthians 5, 21, the apostle Paul musing or thinking about that, he said, for he hath made him to be sin for us. For God has made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When he said that, that is a picture here of the Leviticus 16, what happened to the, to the uh, scapegoat upon whom hands were laid by the high priest and he confessing the sins of the Israelites allowed that goat to be let go into the wilderness, into a solitary place, typically bearing the sins of the Israelites upon his own body. Who his own self bear our sins, see, 1 Peter 2, 24, in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin might live for righteousness, by whose wounds you are healed. And it's very, very significant, my friends. When you go back to Isaiah 53, 4, surely he, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, surely he has borne, he's lifted up, he's borne away our sicknesses and carried, lifted the heavy burden of our pains upon himself on his own body on the cross, on the tree. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, Matthew 8, 17. When Jesus became our sin, my friends, Jesus likewise became our sickness. And Jesus brought upon himself, took upon himself the liability for our sin. That is, he was the scapegoat. He bore our sins into the wilderness, into a solitary place. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 40, as, as Jonah was three day, days and nights in the belly of the great fish, show, so shall the Son of Man be three days and nights in the heart of the earth. See, it's so significant. Jesus, when he died, he went to hell. That's recorded in Acts chapter 2, Romans chapter 10, 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'll reveal the fact that uh, Jesus Christ, when he died, he died and did not immediately go to heaven. Jesus went to uh, what he called Abraham's bosom or the righteous side of hell, and he stayed there until God uh, and preached the gospel to all of the Old Testament saints, talked to them perhaps about the Day of Atonement, showing them that he was the typical lamb that was slain year after year, that he became the Lamb of God who is not just slain every year, but, but who takes away by his one sacrifice our sins forever. He preached the gospel to them that are dead, 1 Peter 3 says, and uh, so, so that they could be alive unto God. And, and he went to hell for us, preached the gospel in the regions of the damned. And then all of those people, all of the Old Testament saints, Abraham, Moses, uh, Joshua, Gideon, Daniel, Elijah, etc., uh, once they saw that he was the lamb of sacrifice, and once Jesus preached the gospel showing them that he was the typical lamb of sacrifice, that that, that lamb was uh, actually a representation of what he just did. And once he preached that, and he took our sins on his own body on the tree and took them to the place of suffering for us, 
Jesus stayed there for three days and nights until God was satisfied that our sin debt was paid. Then Jesus was raised from the dead. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, that guarantees our forgiveness and cleansing of sin. But see what, what Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5 make very clear. That on the day of atonement, when that goat, uh, when, 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 uh, uh, as it says here in Leviticus 16, 21 and 22, when the uh, high priest confessed the sins of the Israelites on that, on that scapegoat, friends, he also placed upon him our sicknesses. When Jesus became the scapegoat, God placed on Jesus our sicknesses as well as our sins so that we could be healed of our sicknesses and diseases. And so, and so God literally joined divine healing with the gospel of our salvation so, with, so that with the same sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary, fulfilling Leviticus 16 of the time of this goat being slain, Jesus was the goat that was slain and he shed his blood for us. Jesus was, Jesus was also the scapegoat that went into the wilderness, into a solitary place, a type and shadow of Jesus going to hell for us so that we could be free, my friends. So I want you to see very clearly from Scripture, from Isaiah 53 and Leviticus 16, that when Jesus became our sin, he also became our sicknesses, sickness. And the same verbs that talk about the carrying away and the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ for our sins also are the same verbs referred to in Isaiah 53, verse 4, for Jesus likewise in, with the same sacrifice, bearing our sicknesses and our pains. He did it all at the same time. He took our sins and our sicknesses so that we could be free. When we come back next time, we'll go into more detail on this. So, so this leads me to my last point today. With the same faith that you receive salvation, that is, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. With the same faith that you that you believe God for salvation by giving your life to Jesus in repentance and, and by confessing Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So when you do that, that same faith that you have to be saved is the same kind of faith that you exercise to be healed. And just as when you pray for salvation or when you go to God after you've become a believer and you've sinned and you do what 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, when you do that, You've got to believe that God honors his word. When you come to Jesus in salvation and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you've got to believe that even though you may not feel it. You may not feel forgiven, you may not feel cleansed, or you may initially feel the release of the burden and the weight of guilt but you know the day will come that you still feel the guilt. It will come back. Your senses will defy you. And your body will make you feel like and your emotions will make you feel like at times. God hasn't forgiven you. And then as you, if you sin as a believer, what do you do? Go to God and confess your sin so he's, he can be faithful and just. He can forgive you and he can cleanse you. But see, when we do that, we have to do it by faith. 
And, and you know as well as I, when you confess your sin, after you say amen, that means so be it. That means it's done. That means I've confessed my sin and God is doing right now what he said he would do. That is, he is forgiving me, cleansing me from unrighteousness. He's being faithful and just to me. But you may not feel it. So that's where your faith comes in. You have to believe that God has forgiven you when you don't feel forgiven. That's the same kind of faith you exercise to receive healing. The initial stages of healing, the body doesn't change, the symptoms don't change, the circumstances don't change. Everything looks the same, but you believe by faith. You know, you've done Mark 11, 23, whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass. He'll have what he says. And then Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus said, therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. That is before you can feel them, before they seem to be real, believe you receive them and you'll have them. See, that's the same kind of faith that we exercise for forgiveness of sin. So let me end again by saying the same faith in Jesus that forgives sin is the same faith that heals sickness and disease. And you can trust God. If you can trust God for the forgiveness of sin with that same kind of faith, you can trust God for the healing of your physical body. And faith for that is based in, in our redemption, in our atonement in Christ. From Leviticus 16, uh, from which Isaiah 53 is written, we can know that Jesus forgives our sin and Jesus heals our diseases. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that the Spirit of God uses these words to buoy up the faith in each person listening so that we can receive the healing of our physical bodies in the same way that we receive the forgiveness of our sins, and that is by faith. And Lord, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. We'll go further into this with our next podcast. May God grant you a wonderful day today. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe or leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.